Thank you for joining the Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, we will study through the book of Hebrews. During this study, we will recognize that God has provided better things for us in this age through Jesus Christ. So, grab your copy of the Summer 2022 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. Today's lesson is entitled, A Better Covenant, from Hebrews 8, 3 through 13. The application is, the student will contrast the liberty of the new covenant of grace with the bondage of the old covenant of the law. Seeking the context. Humans love experiences. Those who are able will plan their days, weeks, months, and years around opportunities to enjoy life-enhancing experiences. Whether it includes food, travel, time with friends, and family or worship, people tend to place great importance on delighting their senses. The first century Christians were no different. In their case, when it came to worship, they must have had a longing to revert to the experiential Judaism of their forefathers. Their devotion to the Mosaic Law meant they would be able to see, smell, taste, touch, and hear all the elements of the traditions of their forefathers. In today's text, the writer of Hebrews persuaded the readers of the supremacy of the covenant forged by Jesus Christ, above that of the Mosaic Law, even though it did not include many of the experiential elements of the religious traditions to which the readers had grown accustomed. To begin this section, the writer of Hebrews reminded the reader that Jesus Christ is the supreme high priest, set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Hebrews 8.1 These truths were firmly explained in the previous chapter, but they provided the basis of the following argument, namely, that the covenant enacted by Jesus supersedes the old covenant of the law. Today, the student will see why the new covenant is supreme, But to set the context, remember that the original audience had a works-based perspective when it came to righteousness. Those tempted to revert to Judaism had great difficulty grasping the concept of righteousness by grace through faith apart from the works of the law. We may not understand everything the original audience faced when thus tempted, but we should be able to acknowledge our own tendency toward merit-based love and righteousness. While we may not attempt to follow the Old Testament sacrificial system, we may tend to think that we are undeserving of God's love if we do not perform according to His expectations. This way of thinking is often called legalism, that is, the false belief that if one does not keep strict adherence to religious traditions, God will withhold His love and righteousness. Readers who had reverted to the Old Covenant did so, thinking that obeying all the rules would earn them righteousness and favor in God's eyes. Today, we will be reminded that the new covenant is a covenant of grace, whereas the Mosaic covenant was beautifully crafted by God in order to point people to God's mercy, especially as seen in the coming Messiah, people perverted it into a yoke of bondage no one could endure. This lesson is relevant for today's Bible student, especially since 
we may tend to lean towards legalism in our view of God and dealings with each other. We may tend to forget about God's grace shown toward us, and therefore, we may often forget to demonstrate grace toward others. Jesus is our great high priest upon whom the new covenant is built, a covenant of grace. Why is it important to distinguish a covenant based upon works from one based upon grace? Searching the context. The new covenant is faultless. Hebrews 8, 3-9 For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, wherefore it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, he saith, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. But now hath he obtained a much more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. Modern-day technological advancements have made it easier to stay connected. Many churches have begun offering real-time video of their worship services. If a member cannot join the church in person, he could simply watch the service online at his own convenience. Many pastors and church members have discovered, though, that watching a worship service on a screen cannot come close to having the same effect compared to participating in person. Whereas the screen provides an impression of the gathered church, it is impossible to interact with the church body as prescribed by God's word unless members are gathered in each other's physical presence. Perhaps remote viewing provides an element of spiritual nourishment, but it could never take the place of gathering in person and is therefore faulty. The same is true when it comes to pictures of Jesus in comparison to Jesus himself. When Moses received the law, God told him to make sure and follow the exact instructions he received, especially regarding the ceremonies, sacrifices, and details of the tabernacle. Exodus 25.20 Moses was to take great care in following the instructions because they were patterned from heavenly realities. The elements of the law, including the tabernacle, served as shadows of Jesus and his work. As the writer of Hebrews clearly stated, Jesus would not have been able to serve as a priest on earth since he was not of the tribe of Levi. But, as will soon be revealed in Hebrews 9.12, Jesus serves as a superior high priest, having brought to the Holy of Holies not the blood of an animal, but his own blood by which he cleanses the world of sin. These were the terms of the new covenant, established upon Jesus Christ himself. 
The old covenant was not imperfect or wrong, but it was simply ineffective to bring about righteousness in the lives of God's people. It served as a beautiful picture of the work of Jesus Christ, but a picture is no longer needed when the real person stands in your midst. If the old covenant had been effective in bringing people to salvation, a new covenant would not have been needed. God made the new promises in Jesus Christ, so a new covenant would be needed. Whereas the old covenant made promises based upon the obedience of God's people, the new covenant makes promises based upon the obedience of God's Son. The first covenant failed because Israel chose to ignore it and the God who established it. God inspired Jeremiah to write his promise concerning the new covenant which would bring about life transformation to all who placed faith in Jesus Christ. Eternal life is now possible, not because of one's ability to abide by the rules of religion, but because Jesus did everything God needed him to do in his death, burial, and resurrection. The new covenant, based upon the blood of Jesus Christ, Luke 22.20, does everything the old covenant could not do. It is faultless. How do you help others see the faultlessness of Christ instead of human failings? Number two, the new covenant is spiritual. Hebrews 8, 10 through 12. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not touch every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Children growing up in godly homes will undoubtedly learn the rules their parents want them to know. Godly parents know the importance of training children in the Word of God and instilling in them those characteristics of which God approves. While everyone is born with a bent toward sinfulness due to the sin nature, even unregenerate children can learn to obey rules. Wise parents will keep in mind, though, that without hearts transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, children who obey rules do so out of a desire for compliance, a longing to be rewarded, or out of fear of punishment. Even the most well-behaved children need Jesus to transform their hearts through repentance and faith in Him. Only then will anyone begin to have the true spiritual desire to please God through obedience. All other efforts could be deemed simply as behavior modification. The Old Testament law had the effect of conforming the outward behavior of Israel and created a spiritual thirst for the Lord. By itself, though, obedience to the law could not bring true spiritual transformation. Jeremiah prophesied of the day when Jesus would come and establish a new covenant. In the new covenant, God would put his laws in the minds and write them on the hearts of his people. Under the old covenant, the stone tablets engraved with the words of God were highly revered. They told the children of Israel what to do in order to meet God's expectations and satisfy his will. The tables of stone, though, could not change the desires of God's people. 
Under the new covenant, based upon the work of Jesus and by faith in him, the Holy Spirit transforms the hearts of believers, causing them to be born again. Now, not only do the people of God know his word, which tells them about his expectations for obedience, but also the Holy Spirit has regenerated them, giving them the desires to obey. Under the new covenant, God's people have the directives for righteousness and the desire for righteousness. The new covenant is based upon the mercy and grace of God, who, through Jesus Christ and the indwelling Holy Spirit, dwells within man. No longer must God's people go through another human being to know God. Now, anyone may enter the new covenant with God through faith in Jesus Christ, where he will receive mercy from God and grace for forgiveness of his sins. Righteousness cannot be attained through keeping laws. It never could be attained in that manner. That is why God struck a new covenant of grace through Jesus Christ, enacted by the presence of the Holy Spirit, which transforms the hearts of believers, giving them the desire and ability to walk in holiness for the glory of God. Why is it so important to remember the spiritual nature of the covenant of grace? Number three, the new covenant is permanent. Hebrews 8.13 In that he saith, A new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. The old covenant of the law served its purpose. As Paul wrote, the law acted as a schoolmaster to bring people up into the understanding and reverence for God, showing them their need for Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.24 Paul also admitted that he had not known sin but by the law, Romans 7.7. By God's design, the law perfectly directed everyone's focus to its fulfillment in Jesus Christ, generating a spiritual thirst for the Messiah to come and bring his kingdom. Israel's disobedience and rebellion did not tarnish God's beautiful and purposeful old covenant, but its purpose was limited to the time leading up to the coming of Jesus. Jesus has now come and made the old covenant obsolete. In his first coming, Jesus blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Colossians 2.14 The new covenant has been issued in the blood of Jesus Christ, which means the old covenant is old and fading away, no longer in power. Everyone who enters the new covenant by faith in Jesus Christ has been changed forever. The Holy Spirit now indwells each believer, and in Him they possess eternal life. The covenant of the blood of Jesus is life-giving and eternity-changing. Christians will be with God forever because of the work of Jesus Christ and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. How does the permanence of God's covenant with you give you hope? Setting the Application Like the first century Christians to whom the book of Hebrews was written, modern-day Christians may be tempted to give in to legalistic tendencies. It is quite easy to focus on following rules instead of following God. Legalism appeals to the flesh since it deceptively convinces people that they can be responsible for their own salvation or for earning God's love if they simply do enough good deeds. 
The covenant Christ established with his blood on Calvary, though, is based upon grace. He offers the love and forgiveness of God freely as a gift which may never be earned or deserved. The great question from today's text is whether you are striving to conform your outward behavior to become righteous or whether God has written his words on your heart in true spiritual transformation. Christ offers a better covenant. It is better because it promises to give you what Christ has purchased, not what you can earn. Today, choose to live in the grace and liberty of the new covenant. How do you resist reverting to legalism? Thank you for joining us for another lesson in the Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying again with you next week as we continue our study of better things in the book of Hebrews. Until then, join us daily for our daily devotionals at www.bogardpress.org.